There's a new reason why you should add leafy greens to your plate. A new study found that people who followed the famous Mediterranean diet had fewer of the hallmark signs of Alzheimer's. Bon appétit! This is Pulse Check. I'm Carmen Pond. Pfizer will be ready to supply vaccines protecting against RSV to Europe and the U.S. in time for the next viral season, pending authorization from regulators. The U.S. drug maker has two RSV vaccines in the pipeline, one to protect babies and the other targeted at older adults. RSV usually causes cold-like symptoms and, while most people recover within weeks, is a top cause of acute lower respiratory tract infections such as pneumonia and bronchiolitis in infants and young children. Elderly adults and those with weak immune systems or certain health conditions are also at risk of severe disease. HHS Administration for Strategic Preparedness and Response has released a new roadmap to help healthcare organizations bolster cybersecurity amid a big increase in attacks on their systems. The guide includes best practices and can help organizations gauge their preparedness. It is a guide to implementing 2018 cybersecurity standards developed by the Commerce Department National Institute of Standards and Technology. And if you don't know what qualies are, you're about to. Ben Leonard is here to talk about a new bill on Capitol Hill that has people concerned about a commonly used health metric. Thanks for having me. So you reported that Congress is nearing a deal to ban the use of a metric called quality-adjusted life years, also called qualies, in federal programs. What is this metric and where is it used? Yeah, so it's a pretty wonky metric. It's quality-adjusted life years. It aims to kind of measure health outcomes and quality of life and, you know, basically how cost effective a treatment would be for a person, depending on, you know, what the outcomes might be and on, you know, what the quality of life might be for a person. The president of the Institute for Clinical and Economic Review told me that these metrics are used a lot by drug companies, consultants, and sometimes federal policymakers. And CDC and NIH have done some research using qualities as well. And so what's controversial about this metric and why are some people so opposed to them? There's been a lot of pushback from the disability community saying that this sort of metric discriminates against people with disabilities because it may value their quality of life less than someone who is who doesn't have disabilities. So it's, it's really gotten a lot of people fired up. Kathy McMorris-Rogers, the chair of the Energy and Commerce Committee, her son has Down syndrome. She's been kind of leading the charge on this, and a lot of uh, disability groups have been pushing against the use of this metric in federal programs. Have they been used so far in federal programs? And I'm wondering, is there any evidence that, you know, it has discriminated against people with disabilities? So right now, the Affordable Care Act already bans the use of qualies in Medicare as a, quote, threshold to determine coverage. As I said earlier, the CDC and NIH have done some research with it. It tends to be more in the private sector, but there are some federal policymakers that do seem to be using it. And what's the case for actually using this metric in federal programs? I think the case would be there aren't a lot of policymakers that have really been pushing for it, but I think the case for using it would be that you know, we're spending a lot of money in healthcare, and we want to make sure that we're being responsible stewards of federal dollars. Budgets, the deficit's very large right now, and, you know, lawmakers are looking for ways to cut down on spending. So using sort of metrics of cost effectiveness could be one way to help do that. Got it. And I must say this metric is used in some countries in Europe. One that comes to mind is the United Kingdom um, that has a body that looks at the cost effectiveness of 
of new drugs and uh, new medical devices, and they do use qualities to determine whether mm. um, a new intervention is cost effective or not. Um, and, you know, that has been controversial at times, especially when it's about drugs for rare diseases, where maybe the metrics don't look so good, but it's not it's not nearly as controversial as it is here in the in the United States. Um, so you said that the Affordable Care Act already bans the use of this metric. Why has this come to the fore now? Why do lawmakers want to ban them now? So the Inflation Reduction Act allows uh, Medicare to negotiate drug prices, and that's a process that's going to be playing out over the next few years. So in that process, as you can imagine, people might want to use metrics for cost of effectiveness in parts of those negotiations. And that's actually been a part of the discussion in Congress about it, um, particularly Frank Pallone, the ranking member of the Energy and Commerce Committee, a Democrat from New Jersey, has raised concerns that banning qualities could end up inadvertently banning other sorts of methods of value that he sees as non-discriminatory. I would say that's partially why the discussion is happening right now. And also Kathy McMorris Rogers, um, with her personal tie to the issue and just taking over as the chair of the Energy and Commerce Committee a couple months ago, definitely adds momentum. So what's next in Congress for banning this metric, Ben? Do we expect it to be banned? And how would this hamper some of the drug negotiations that you were mentioning earlier? So they're, they're right now they're working out a way to make sure that, you know, as Frank Pallone, a ranking member of the Energy and Commerce Committee, he's trying to avoid that from happening. And I think he's trying to make sure that the scope of it is clear. And uh, he want, he's asking for some modifications to it to make sure that it doesn't interfere with other values that he sees as non-discriminatory in terms of quantifying value. Um, in issue, the ranking member of the Health Subcommittee said on Wednesday that they're very close to a deal and committed to getting a deal before a full committee vote. So it does seem like there's a lot of momentum, at least in the House and the Energy and Commerce Committee, to get this moving along. It was pretty bipartisan with the Pallone concerns outstanding, but um, it does seem like it has decent chances. It's unclear what the path is in the Senate going forward, though. Thank you so much for taking the time to walk me through this. Thanks so much for having me on. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Annie Reese is our producer. Raghu Manavalan is our editor. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Amant is the executive producer of audio at Politico. I'm Carmen Pond. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters, where you can read this reporting, polls, future polls, and prescription polls. Thanks for listening. 